The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 144. And Joey, I think one of us today has a new phone. Mickey Papillon is a cell phone junkie. I did make the switch and I am over with AT&T. As the rumor has been going, I did order a Centro. So I guess I would compare it to something like Mobile Utopia. Worst battery life ever. All right, we ready? Recording. Here we go. The Mobile World Congress hangover is upon us. Palm pre-release news and the real scoop on Sprint's customer losses. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. And together today, we are here in Phoenix, Arizona. Joey came down for the weekend to get out of the cold. A little bit nicer weather here, I guess, than back home, huh? It's, be- it's beach weather for me. <laughs> yeah, we got temperatures in the mid-80s here, so a lot, of, a lot of fun in Phoenix. But we're talking mobile news today. First off, in the news, a man was charged $28,000 for using his data card to watch a football game on his sling box while waiting to set sail at the Port of Miami last November on a Caribbean cruise line. A Chicago uh, native was using his AT&T wireless card to watch the Bears versus Lions football game. A $28,000 bill then arrived for him the next month as he was actually roaming on the ship's network. And apparently uh, AT&T has decided to work with him and they're going to be dropping the bill down to $290 after a number of calls to customer service. But this one just goes to show that unless you are absolutely sure what network that you're on, especially when you're in the uh, kind of area like the Port of Miami where your phone is roaming on a uh, on the cruise ship's network, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. So kind of a public service announcement and uh, an interesting story for a uh, for a football game. Next here, Motorola and Visto announced this past week that uh, the intent of Visto to acquire the good technologies section from Motorola. Motorola bought Good, which creates the mobile email and PIM synchronization software a few years ago in order to bolster its own business. And Visto provides similar services, and the acquisition of Good will also add to the capabilities. The terms of the deal have not been disclosed, and they expect the acquisition to be complete by the end of February. Well, if you're a Hotmail user, Microsoft recently announced that it has given its web-based Hotmail email service POP3 access, meaning that if you've got a mobile phone or another email client they're using that can access the POP side of things, uh, the folks using the Hotmail service in the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, Brazil, France, Japan, Spain, Germany, Italy, and the Netherlands will all be able to do so. Microsoft said that it will roll out the POP3 access to Hotmail in other countries throughout 2009. Well, if you get a text message that says that you've got something wrong with your Key Point Credit Union account and they need you to call an 888 phone number to verify the account, you better watch out. This is according to a CNET story that states there are some text messages that are going out there to specific uh, phones, and a lot of them seem to be Sprint phones, where it says that you've got a problem with your account. And when you call it up, it asks you for your social security number, credit card, driver's license number, and other personal information. Obviously, very much a phishing scam and something that you got to watch out for. Now, Joey, if you look at something like this, obviously, you, you want to be very careful whenever you're, someone's asking you to reach out to them. Let's say you get any sort of written communication and they're saying, okay, we need to verify whatever it is. You got to be real careful with that kind of stuff because a lot of times, you know, it can be something like this, a phishing scam. Absolutely. Uh, the best thing you can possibly do if you do receive any sort of uh, notice, either 
email or SMS saying your bank requires you to, to uh, update your information. Uh, eBay is a real popular target. Make sure you always ignore the link or the f- and or the phone number that they include. Always go directly to your bank's website with the domain that, that you know that you've always typed in. And always make sure you then call the phone number that's either on the back of your card or on the bank's website that you trust. Uh, that's the only way you should should respond to those. Yeah, there, there's so many different uh, you know problems that you can run into by doing this, and it's just it's a, again a very good thing to just keep in mind when you're when you get these kind of uh, messages that come to you. That a lot of times they're just people looking to get information to compromise the security of your account. Well, can a cell phone tell if you're sick? They might. Uh, Applied Nano Detectors has uh, a rather ambitious vision, and that is diagnosing a person's health by breathing into a cell phone. At this year's International Nanotechnology Exhibition and Conference, the company presented a prototype of a cell phone embedded with their specialized medical chip. Uh, Manufactured by Nokia, the handset carries A&D's chip and sensors needed to be able to accurately diagnose a disease. Now, the disease is capable of determining the presence of gases, such as carbon dioxide, ammonia, and nitrogen oxide. It takes into account the gases and calculates the density of each within the user's breath and matches uh, the figures to a predetermined range of illnesses. Certain illnesses that have uh, a certain fingerprint that could be matched up include asthma, food poisoning, diabetes, and even lung cancer. But, of course, there are many conditions and claims that the, di- the technology may not be able to diagnose, and it may be a while before this passes any approvals that would be needed to roll it out on a wide-scale basis. But something, nonetheless, that is uh, pretty unique and something that could be, uh, you know, could be coming out. Next one here, lost your cell phone? Maybe your carrier can help you. According to a Wall Street Journal article here, this is not anything new, but uh, a lot of different services out there, and they kind of wrap them all together and discuss how your carrier can be helpful to you. There are services for Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, and Sprint that allow for cell phone backup information. And what they do is for usually $2 a month, uh, the various services will take all of your contact information that you've got stored on the phone and back it up on its own servers. It allows you to take a specific time of day to back up the information or at a certain interval, which is very nice to be able to kind of restrict when this this uh, this happens. But anyway, overall, uh, a very something to be used, especially if you have someone who's got a feature phone or doesn't have a way of synchronizing over your data. On the smartphone side, though, Joey, when we look at how this works, I mean, I haven't used any sort of backup service uh, really in many years because I use smartphones. And whether it's between a BlackBerry, a Windows mobile device, iPhone, whatever, I can easily sync them back over to my Exchange server. And you can do the same with the Palm. Uh, so, you know, that if you've got an Exchange account or even if you've got a phone that's capable of synchronizing the data over, uh, not necessarily needed. But I don't know. What do you think? It's a pretty good service for those that uh, don't have these, uh, you know, don't have this option? Well, it's great because you don't have to uh, really worry about it or host the backup data yourself. Uh, I suppose if you change phones, you can always restore to a new phone as well. It's probably just a little easier. $2 a month isn't too bad. Um, I, you know, obviously with the Palm OS, I can just do a hot sync where it does a complete full backup of the, the device itself. So it's obviously a, a nicer route to go. But yeah, over-the-air syncing, as far as the Exchange Active Sync goes, that gets, you know, most of the critical data uh, all the time. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of different ways to do it. Obviously, these ones that the carriers are providing are some very convenient ways to do it. So take to check check those out if you've got and I you know don't have a way of having all your your data backed up. It certainly is a nice way to do it. And for two dollars a month or twenty four dollars a year, it's good peace of mind. It's a good insurance policy. 
Well, soliciting bids from the wireless industry happened this week, and FEMA, or the Federal Emergency Management Administration, uh, selected various services from AT&T and Verizon to serve in case of a future emergency that would happen here in the U.S. AT&T will be providing FEMA with wireless and Wi-Fi services, and Verizon will be responsible for emergency communications. The contracts for each of these carriers are good for one year, with the option for FEMA to re-up the contracts for an additional four years. AT&T will provide up to 16,000 cell phones and data cards, while Verizon will stockpile handsets and other items for the event of an emergency. And I know in uh, years past, it was a lot of times Sprint and Verizon. Yes. And they've, I guess they've made this change and they've said, well, moving forward, we want to have you know, something on both sides, I guess, and technology-wise, GSM and a CDMA. So. I guess that's how they're going. Yep. Well, WiMAX versus LTE, very similar technologies as far as uh, you know, going forward. They're going to be the 4G technologies that we have. But a uh, recent report here looks like they could have very, very different uh, uses. According to uh, some information that came out this week, research firm Instat is disagreeing that there's a competition between the two. Basically, they're saying that most WiMAX support will be coming for fixed network carriers looking to, you know, basically spruce up their existing offerings, while the LTE expansion throughout the world will be pushed solely by the mobile operators. Uh, this is very, very you know, premature information here as we don't have networks that are rolled out on wide scale by either of the technologies. But as we get into you know, the rest of 2009 and specifically into early 2010, when we start to see Sprint's WiMAX and, of course, Verizon moving into LTE very quickly here, we'll probably uh, get some more you know, you know, separation between the two. But uh, anyway, very interesting to note that, uh, that Instat believes that we are going to be seeing both into the future. Well, if you got an iPhone and a parking ticket, a, uh, a report here from Slashdot says that if you go to parkingticket.com, they've recently added Safari web browser compatibility to the iPhone. What that means is that you can head over to the site, and they have uh, such confidence in the services that they provide that they will give you $10 towards your parking ticket if they are not able to get you the ticket dismissed. Uh, going into the browser basically allows you uh, access to uh, information for New York City, San Francisco, Boston, Philadelphia, or Washington, D.C., and registering a free account uh, with the service then allows you to get out of your parking ticket. So check that one out if you're in one of those cities and have the, uh, the susceptibility to getting a ticket. Well, a fisherman found a phone inside of a fish this week. Now, sounds a little strange, but a businessman was on vacation and was out on the beach and lost his phone. He figured it had either been stolen or had uh, been just lost forever, washed out to sea, what have you. And uh, a few weeks later, fisherman Glenn Curley said he found the phone inside a 25-pound cod. Uh, apparently, the, uh, the phone itself was still working. Uh, if you're interested to know what type of phone it was, it was a Nokia. And the phone uh, was then, of course, able to be turned on, and the fisherman was able to locate the owner based on the contact information that was in it. What a strange story, Joey. I mean, it's just amazing that the phone, after getting wet, was able to work at all, you know? Especially if it was salt water. Yeah, exactly. I, I would say the phone, uh, that hopefully he didn't make any long-distance calls while he was roaming in the water roaming in the water (laughs) hate it when that happens (laughs) anyway but a good start nonetheless person got his phone back and got access to all his information 
Should cell phone jamming be legal? Uh, This is the question PC World asks. And they take a look at the fact that the U.S. has some very strict laws when it comes to uh, buying, selling, carrying, or owning a cell phone jammer. When it comes, however, to the federal government, they are able to use these services for things such as the President Barack Obama inauguration or military uses to stop stop cell phones from operating during, uh, you know, roadside bomb attacks or whatever. So, uh, you know, an interesting question question that they they pose here and that's you know what uh you know what are the ramifications with these if the federal government is able to use these and why should not other people be able to uh there are certain countries around the world that actually do allow the use uh, by officials more other than the federal government uh to use to, to use the jammers but it brings up kind of a question that we have talked about before but i'd like to just you know kind of raise it again and just talk about you know conceptually is you know are jammers Really, should they be illegal? Should we have the ability to use them? What do you think? Uh, there, I mean, there's some definite uh, safety aspects, uh, you know, like uh, launching, uh, you know, detonating bombs from cell phone signals. Uh, if you block those signals, that's a, a, a very, you know, useful thing. I mean, you don't want bombs to be able to be detonated by cell phone. Obviously, there's lots of other signals and other frequencies they could use, but the cell phone is obviously very cheap, hard to trace, uh, you know, very, you know, it's 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 so ubiquitous and the signals are so common that they can't just, you know, easily, you know, pinpoint those frequencies. Uh, if it was some other, you know, because everybody has a cell phone, so they're all, they're all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're, it's not, it's, it's all or nothing basically is what I think is the, the mm-hmm. way to look at it. So, uh, you know, if, if we were to say, let's use these, you know, let's, let's make them available for people to use. It, it does run into the fact that it's, it's not just certain people that, uh, that are able to, to use them or not use them, but could then they be in, slipped into the wrong hands. And then when people are actually trying to use them for the other side, for, for legit purposes and people, you know, need to use them, it could be used, you know, gained and used in a nefarious way. So, uh, it's still it's still kind of up in the air, and uh, we'll you know again we'll we'll talk about it more. We talked about it how you know the police were uh, you know looking at various uh, you know tests around prisons or U.S. prisons were looking to test out the jammers. So well, and uh, in, in this story here, it was kind of an update from ones we've already talked about, Mickey. But they they basically confirmed the fact that they used uh, cell phone jammers during Obama's inauguration. Yes, because early on we had reports that people were having uh, difficulties with their cell phone, even though the the carriers bumped up their network capacity by uh, huge percentages. So I think some of the people who were reporting difficulty were probably uh, victims of the jamming. Yeah, it wasn't just the, uh, you know, the, the overloading of the networks. I mean, there were certain times I bet that no one was able to use their phones. I would probably uh, put money on that. But anyway, so should it be legal? Who knows? We'll see what happens with it. Spectrum fees possibly coming based on some of the uh, recent legislation that went out. In an FCC Spectrum auction recently, $20 billion, of course, were paid for the 700 megahertz Spectrum that was sold off primarily to AT&T and Verizon. And under President Obama's proposed budget, the carriers would be taking a hit, uh, apparently $550 million per carrier for the right to hold the spectrum licenses in the 700 megahertz area. So uh, this could be a, a potential issue for the customer, of course, if you're a customer with one of these carriers and they've got to eat on that, take on that extra fee, you could see the fees going up on your bills. So keep, uh, keep an eye out for that and we'll make sure that we let you know the latest uh, as soon as we know. 
AT&T Mobility and Radio Shack hit with a 3G network class action lawsuit. Uh, according to a, uh, a policy uh, that, uh, that happens here with pretty much every carrier that's out there, when you're using a data card or a phone, five gigabytes is the cap that, uh, that you have for the amount of data that you can use in a particular month. Well, um, there was a, a, a class action lawsuit that was filed in the U.S. District Court uh, in the Western District of Oklahoma after a woman received a bill for more than $5,000 after purchasing her $100 netbook bundled with a two-year AT&T Data Connect service contract. So she had signed up for a two-year contract and uh, then received her first bill, and she'd been using the device, uh, the netbook that is, uh, obviously for internet use, as you would if you had this service. But the five gigabyte cap uh, was uh, was passed, and she was billed an additional $5,000. So, you know, this one is, um, you know, another interesting one, too. I mean, five gigabytes, not that much data right now, Joey. No, I mean, it used to be huge. Now it's it's, it's almost nothing. I mean, who, who uh, you know, if you look at the, uh, the amount of data that you use just based on watching video and uh, audio streaming, you know, at your house. I mean, that's that's got to be well in excess of five gigs. Yeah, I mean, using uh, five gigs on a cell phone, that's a lot more difficult to do. Uh, but this is a netbook. This is a laptop. This is a computer where you can download, you can, you know, watch stream videos. Yes, exactly. You can't expect, you know, and I'm sure they sold it with the premise of unlimited data. I, I don't understand how unlimited is equivalent to five gigs. That just, it, it, I mean, that's like getting unlimited gas mileage in your car, but it only gets 20 miles to the gallon. I, yeah. I don't, it means you can just go forever on a tank of gas. Yeah, and it, it's it, not the it's case. Not, not the case. It's unbelievable that they can, they, they're still getting away with this, uh, the carriers. And, and, and of course, you know, like different companies like AT&T here, they obviously charge for the overage. Uh, whereas, you know, a company like Sprint will, will notify you that you've gone over uh, via a letter. They don't, cut your service and they don't charge you extra. Uh, they do notify you though that you've gone over and they, they'll probably disconnect you eventually. Uh, that's obviously a much better way to go about it. Yeah. It, you know, there was, there, there's a little bit more to it here with, uh, you know, there were people that, uh, you know, at the time basically were saying, you know, look, this is, um, you know, this is, this is wrong, but at the, they have to keep in mind this, it's still up to the user to, 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 you know, keep, you know, what they have, you know, under, you know, the certain amount. And, and, and that's what it all comes back to. It, it is in the terms and conditions, but it, it's wrong to say unlimited. It's not unlimited. It's five gigabytes. That's it. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, yeah, $5,000 for this woman. So definitely understand uh, the start of the class action. Verizon Wireless suing a telemarketer this week. Good news for the consumer. According to the suit, Feature Films made about 500,000 calls over a 10-day period earlier this month to Verizon Wireless customers and employees from the phone number uh, 917-210-4609. People who answered the call heard an automated message or an individual encouraging them to see the movie The Velveteen Rabbit. Uh, Verizon Wireless suspected the use of an auto-dialer in many cases because calls came in rapid succession between 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. on February 13th. Uh, The same number placed 11,000 calls as just an example, 500,000 overall. So uh, that's good news for the consumer. 
the uh, carrier taking a taking a look at the telemarketers. So yeah, that's right. This this company was uh, is pushing this movie, but it's 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 they're they're getting around the telemarketing uh, the the the, the opt out list due to the fact that this particular company that's making the phone calls are it's a non-profit organization but of course they're they're uh, promoting a service that you that is from a paid company so they're kind of skirting the law here a little bit using a slight loophole and i hope they get taken down lawsuit was filed in new jersey where doing such uh, using an auto dialer to make all these calls is illegal uh, according to the federal telephone consumer protection act Sprint customer and want to get some people in on the action with them, you can uh, sign up a friend and uh, submit their information over to Sprint. And between now and the 31st of March, you'll get 100 bucks. According to uh, a story here on Gear Diary, looks like if you have your friend call pound 733, that stands for REF, for referral, from their new phone within 15 days or by the 31st of March and share your Sprint number, you'll be uh, receiving a $100 card. So very good news. Yeah, Mickey, we've used that service uh, for many years. Yes, uh, we have. Th- that's been something that Sprint's been running for quite some time. It used to be a credit on your account. Obviously, now you get a, a debit card that, uh, as I found out, kind of the hard way, there is a maintenance fee on there if you do not use it within six months of receiving it. Uh, so you uh, watch out for that if you do receive one of these. Um, but it's a, it's obviously a hundred dollars is amazing uh, deal. Yeah. It used to be 25 and it uh, looks like you can get this up to 12 times. So if you've got 12 friends that uh, you want to sign up for sprint, Hey, you know, it's a good way to do it. It's great free money. Yep. Visa debit card is how it comes. Check that one out at uh, sprint referral rewards. Uh, it was just sprint.com slash landing slash R E F rewards. And finally, in the news today, uh, Sprint is allowing SMS whitelisting once again. This is a service that allows the user to create an SMS allow list. A maximum of 50 numbers can be set for the, uh, the text messages you want to receive people from. Everyone else does not come through. You don't get charged for them. Sprint had the feature. Like I said, they removed it, and it's now making a comeback. Check that one out if you're a Sprint customer. Into some device news. The one millionth iPhone was sold here in the UK, uh, or in the UK, I should say. O2 announced that it has shipped its one millionth phone to the UK in the last quarter, helping it receive uh, positive year-on-year revenue growth. The quarterly results of the network showed a 5.9% growth in revenue, which was uh, right in the middle of where they expected it. So good news for the iPhone. The Palm pre-release date was questioned again this week in an interview between Sprint CEO Dan Hesse and RCR Wireless. Uh, They asked him about handset selection and the Palm Pre and how long Sprint would have exclusivity on the new device. Hesse responded that uh, they have not commented on how long the exclusivity would last, but Palm and Sprint have agreed that, uh, that, that they won't comment on it yet. When questioned about the release date, he said, we also haven't announced that, but the plan for both companies is to have it available in the market within the first half of the year. So nothing new there, but it looks like they're working feverishly to get the device ready to get rolled out. And uh, we'll see uh, when that comes out. We're hoping for April, obviously. We'd love to see it at uh, CTIA, but uh, you never know. It, uh, sooner rather than later, of course, is, is my hope. Exactly. And the, the buzz about this uh, device is just not quitting. Everybody I know who's not even into cell phones uh, or, or knows basically nothing about them is uh, excited about the pre. Yeah, it's such a it's such a unique device. I think a lot of people really are looking at it as 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 a good option for something that is scalable and uh, you know configurable more than the iPhone. And, and it, it takes a, a great look, adds a physical keyboard, which a lot of people are really you know happy to see because they haven't. Uh, 
you know, uh, obviously seen, you know, or haven't, haven't had success when using the iPhone. And so they're looking for something that's got a keyboard. And I think it's, you know, the pre is a good option for them. So um, I like it. I think, I think it's good that we're at least planning on, uh, you know, counting on this thing in the next four months. So uh, anyway, so that's the latest from CEO Hesse from Sprint. We talked last week about a Windows Mobile 6.5 equipped HTC device that was stolen from a Telstra executive at the Mobile World Congress. According to a staffer speaking to uh, from Microsoft, the company remotely wiped all traces of the new operating system and the user data from the device as soon as it was reported stolen. So unless the person was, uh, you know, knew enough about the device to be able to pull the battery out of it immediately, they uh, were probably sadly not able to see the new operating system on the device. But uh, good news for uh, the executive and, of course, Microsoft for not having the uh, operating system out there. Asus dropped a new device this week, the P835, Windows Mobile 6.1 professional device with tri-band HSDPA, uh, which is 900, 1900, and 2100. Quad-band Edge has a 3.5-inch touchscreen with a resolution of QVGA, so that's 800, or excuse me, uh, that'd be WQVGA, uh, 800 by 480. Qualcomm 7201A processor at 528 megahertz. 288 megs of RAM, 256 ROM, 4 gigs internal storage, microSD, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, GPS, 1100 milliamp hour battery, and a 5 megapixel camera. It also has a very unique feature that we've primarily seen on the BlackBerry, which is a uh, scroll ball, which allows you to scroll around, similar to the BlackBerry Pearl or Curve. And this device uh, looks like it'll be available, of course, in uh, the European and Asian markets before here in the U.S., but I'm sure you'll be able to find it online if you're interested. The Samsung i637 has passed the FCC and is headed over to AT&T. A Windows mobile device with quad-band GSM and dual-band HSDPA with Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and MediaFlow support with a camera on it with unknown resolution at this point. But it looks like that'll be a good one. Samsung i637. BlackBerry topped the iPhone in December U.S. retail sales for the second time in as many months. A list compiled showed that the BlackBerry Curve is the best-selling handset in retail stores with Apple's iPhone 3G, yet again in the number two spot. The sales numbers were collected for a month or for the month of December from the four major U.S. wireless carriers, including AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, and T-Mobile, which collectively account for over 85% of all wireless subscribers here in the U.S. So uh, BlackBerry still on top. The CDMA BlackBerry Pearl Flip has cleared the FCC. A recent approval of the 8230 Pearl Flip notes that eVideo data and Bluetooth are included. Uh, Bell up in Canada has launched the Pearl Flip, and it includes a 2-megapixel camera, GPS, Bluetooth, and is selling for $30 Canadian on a three-year contract. No U.S. carriers have announced announced plans to sell the BlackBerry yet, uh, but it would be compatible with both Sprint and Verizon. Docomo out in Japan announced this week that it would be selling and then pulling the BlackBerry Bold. According to a report from Mobile Tech Addicts, the BlackBerry Bold is said to be overheating when the battery is being recharged. Docomo said it sold about 4,000 units of the Bold device, with about 30 users complaining that the phone's keyboard area had heated up when charging. The company said it had received no reports of users getting burned or phones catching on fire, and the issue seems to be limited to the BlackBerry Bold device only sold in Japan as it was the, uh, the, only this particular model. So if you are, uh, uh, had picked one of these up, make sure you check that one out because it looks like you'll be able to return it uh, and uh, get your refund for it. 
The BlackBerry 9630 is the new model number of the Verizon World Edition device, also known as the Niagara. Looks like the Niagara is uh, going to be coming to Verizon. It's going to be a CDMA and EVDO Rev-A device with GSM, GPRS, Edge, and even UMTS for use on the 2100 megahertz band while roaming. The OS looks to be operating system for BlackBerry 4.7. No Wi-Fi, of course, on the, on the Verizon side. And uh, quad band GSM Edge and GPRS, along with that WCDMA support, will be good for those uh, traveling internationally frequently. Release date is unknown at this point, but probably about four months away. 3.2 megapixel camera and a web browser supporting JavaScript. So uh, some interesting uh, news there. This is you know a nice update for the 8830. That's kind of how I'm looking at this one. Is uh, you know it's going to be something that you know those have just hit the two-year mark or will be hitting the two-year mark in uh, I think June or July of this year in the 8830. And uh, so be ready ready for an upgrade with this one. Exactly. And, uh, you know, the 8830 is, you know, basically one of the flagship devices uh, on Verizon, kind of in my opinion, for the BlackBerry. And this obviously is a great update to that. Yeah, it does have the camera, though. I would guess with the 8830 customer, they'd be looking for a cameraless device. So my guess is we'll see two models, or maybe they'll just take the camera out of this one. Who knows? It could be, or it uh, may be just disabled with the uh, enterprise server, possibly. Yeah, that's true. They can do all that kind of stuff with the IT policy, right? I think they can. Yeah. So anyway, BlackBerry 9630 is that model number. The Nokia 5800 Express Music North American model. A lot of controversy this week about it. On Wednesday, uh, Nokia announced that the flagship stores in New York and Chicago would begin selling the device for $400, so you could go and pick that up. And then when people went to pick it up, they were uh, the stores were saying that they were not quite ready to sell it yet, and so uh, people were turned away. Then they, were re- they returned to the stores, and uh, people were able to buy them, but then people were quickly returning them because the 3G wasn't working in them. And uh, then there was a, a, a note that came out that said devices made f- before February of 2009 uh, were defective, which uh, then returned to the final announcement, which came out today from Nokia flagship stores, saying that they had stopped selling the North American model of it for users complaining about the non-working 3G radios, and people were able to pick it up in the European version. So a lot of controversy on that one. So my, uh, my advice for that one is just wait it out for a little bit, and uh, they'll come out with a version that is actually functioning properly uh, before too long. The HTC Magic, supposedly the successor to the G1 Android device, went to the FCC with no AWS. AWS, of course, is the 1700 megahertz spectrum uh, used for 3G over in or for in the U.S. here for T-Mobile, and uh, did not include that. So it looks like this uh, this next Android device will not be going to T-Mobile, unfortunately. Uh, looks like a 2100 megahertz HSDPA. Uh, version will be coming out for the European markets, but uh, it's it's too bad because you know t- this is one thing that T-Mobile has and one thing that they've got going for them, and they're not going to see a successor here soon. Yeah, and it just seems like the the popularity of the G1 is a little limited by the hardware because it it just it it's not it, it doesn't seem refined enough for for most users. Yeah, I just I I I'm not real happy about you know seeing a lack of 3G for T-Mobile because that's it's not going to go to the network if unless you see it. So, you know, I guess bottom line uh, this particular model will not see it. Maybe we'll see another one coming here soon, but unfortunately not at this point. Next one here from Russia, the Samsung S5600 feature phone uh, is a, a Samsung TouchWiz user interface device uh, that uh, got a little bit of uh, 
little bit of a time this week on the mobilereview.com website. If you're interested in Samsung devices, you're going to want to check out this one. Again, it's a feature phone. It's not your typical smartphone, but it's got a, a very touch uh, you know, user interface. And uh, check that one out if you're interested. The Samsung SPHW7100 device coming out to the Korean market, marketed towards women and children for the fact that it's got a 100 decibel siren that will go off if the user uh, activates the SOS function. It will also alert local authorities to the emergency and use the position that is given via the phone's GPS in it. Uh, this one is, like I said, based in, uh, in Korea and looks like it will, uh, you know, be stateside sometime very uh, stateside sometime soon. Next one, the Verizon Wireless CDM8975, a rugged push-to-talk device that uh, was released this week. $100 with a two-year contract with a 1.3-megapixel camera, dedicated push-to-talk and speakerphone button, 8 gigabytes of expandable memory with Bluetooth and stereo speakers. There's also a $50 rebate on the two-year, but Verizon seems uh, that uh, instead of the cash, uh, right away you'll be getting a rebate for that. So check that one out if you're interested in a new ruggedized Verizon Wireless push-to-talk phone. Phone Scoop confirmed this week that AT&T Mobility will be asking all of its retail outlets to pull the AT&T quick fire, but there was no reason as to why. And then after a number of reports about handsets uh, being pulled off of shelves, AT&T announced that quick fire handset owners uh, were p- possibly having problems with the handset overheating. Uh, for those that uh, were, prop- tr- were improperly using the phone's uh, charging port, AT&T, uh, the phones were getting warm. AT&T is sending out an email and uh, SMS to QuickFire owners saying, please take special care when charging the device. There have been a few reports of it overheating uh, when it was connected to the AC adapter and inserted incorrectly or forced into the phone. Uh, apparently, they're going to, uh, they're saying that the AC charger should always face up the same side as the display screen on the QuickFire and then insert it into the phone. There's actually a diagram uh, for how to do it as well. So AT&T has also halted sales of the QuickFire. The phone maker will be adopting the GSMA proposed standard of micro USB, hopefully, to avoid situations like this, as it would make it impossible to have this problem. But uh, no pun intended, some possible fire problems for the QuickFire, Joey. You don't want that. You do not want that. <laughs> so <laughs> be careful if you've got a QuickFire. Well, the LG Watch Phone saw a little action over at Mobile World Congress, but also at CES earlier this year, and a price for it came out this week, $1,450 for the Watch Phone. Uh, looks like it's going to be a 1,000 pounds if you're interested in picking one up. So take a look and uh, at it. It's a pretty unique-looking device, very uh, Dick Tracy-ish, if you're, uh, you know, we're old enough to remember that show. But this is uh, you know, not a cheap price for a phone. That is the technology of the future, according to many people. The LG Versa was announced today on the Verizon Wireless Network. March 1st, it became available for $200 after rebate and a new agreement. The Versa's standout feature with the combination of its 3-inch touch display is a QWERTY keyboard that can either be attached or removed to suit the user's needs. The Versa has a customizable 3D user interface and provides haptic feedback when touched. Other features include an accelerometer, GPS, 2-megapixel camera with autofocus, flash, and video capture. Of course, Bluetooth and visual voicemail are also included, as well as a full HTML browser supporting RSS, multiple windows, and support for microSD cards up to 16 gigabytes. 
On the software side, unlock your BlackBerry for free. That is, if you've got AT&T, apparently if you call up your carrier and ask them for the MEP code, uh, they will ask you for the IMEI number of your BlackBerry, and uh, they will then give you the MEP code, which you can then go into settings, uh, options, advanced options, SIM card, type in the MEP number into your device and uh, change the network uh, from active to network as disabled and you now have yourself an unlocked BlackBerry. This was verified on AT&T, not yet on T-Mobile, but if you're interested, link in the show notes on how to do it. BlackBerry's 8830 for the Sprint Network got an update this week. The official 4.5.0.135 was released for the 8830 on Sprint, which Joey, I can only reason that we'll see this for Verizon soon enough too. So I think we'll uh, hopefully be good with that. Unless they're uh, trying to uh, move people into their new version, uh, the updated. uh, The 9630? uh Yeah, could be. But if you're on Sprint, you can take advantage of that. And a trio of updates for Windows mobile devices this week. The Touch Pro ROM got an update. And according to the report, fixes sometimes cracked looking TouchFlow 3D interfaces. When taking a picture, the autofocus function may malfunction. That's been fixed. In certain circumstances, the preview screen may become black after taking a picture. Uh, The device would hang when loading TouchFlow 3D and hanging on, on a phone call. There may be a delayed response. You can get the update directly from HTC. Dot com. Next, the Touch Diamond got a ROM update. This one fixes uh, similar issues when launching the camera and working on other programs. The preview screen would become black when playing a video. The, the portion of the video would be cut off. Fixes audio playback problems with uh, the speaker and sporadic issues where the music would turn off after 10 minutes. A problem from receiving MMS pictures when in standby mode. And when launching music via the music tab, the sound may intermittently turn off for in a second and then come back on. Again, you can pick that update over at htc.com. And uh, next here, Microsoft confirms 2010 timing for Windows Mobile 7. Looks like uh, Steve Ballmer confirmed that Windows Mobile 7 will be released sometime in 2010. They recently announced Windows 6.5 at Mobile World Congress, and we expected uh, not to see uh, Windows 7 until sometime in 2011. Windows 6.5, of course, is coming out at the end of this year. And according to Balmer, next year is the time for Windows Mobile 7. I don't know, Joey. I'm, I'm still skeptical. I, I really feel like this is, uh, you know, not good for the users of Windows Mobile and looking to buy a new phone. Why are you buying a 6.5 phone when you know in a year from now you're going to get essentially almost a, you know, a, a brand new shiny operating system? None of the devices out now are going to be able to upgrade to it. Why buy now? I don't know. Uh, Microsoft really needs to stop shooting themselves in the foot and keep waiting for the next uh, best thing to come out. Uh, already with Windows 7, everybody's, uh, you know, basically, Windows 7 is exciting, but nobody wants to buy Windows Vista now or XP now because they're waiting for Windows 7. And it's going to be the same thing with Windows Mobile. Yeah, there's there's no reason, I think, to buy a Windows Mobile device with 6.5 unless you, you really, really want one. I, I know there are a lot of people that are going to disagree with me on this because it's still a year before it comes out. In fact, 6.5 is still probably six to eight months before it comes out. It's just... I don't know. It's it's bad news for the Windows fans out there. I I, I feel bad for those that are looking, you know, to, to get the next latest and greatest. Six five is good. I, I do think it builds on the stability of six one very much. It adds some user interface stuff. Um, but uh, anyway, it's it is really just too bad in my opinion. Um, obviously, you know, Microsoft is working on some other things too to get some additional software, you know, into the devices. Maybe some you know interface stuff with Sidekick now that Microsoft owns them or the Zune as well. So I don't know. Uh, you know, bottom line. Windows Mobile 7, hopefully in 2010. Um, 
I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. A little skeptical. Uh, Apple, Apple are moving non-customer-based reviews from the App Store. So if you have a review up there that you put on a program that you don't actually own or had purchased, your review is going to come off. So if you want to make sure that your voice is heard or you want to read some more legitimate reviews of uh, applications that were used by people who actually purchased the software, head on over to iTunes now and everything has been changed. And finally in software, TV.com has given uh, access similar to the Hulu service, uh, but this time on the iPhone. TV.com's app is a free download from the App Store, works over Wi-Fi or GP, or excuse me, 3G, and uh, allows the user to watch content from CBS, CW, Showtime, or CNET TV. Uh, certain uh, shows are restricted on there, but it allows you to you know, watch while you're on the go. And uh, TV.com, of course, uh, you know this, the service is free, so they've done a nice job with this. I, I guess the only thing I'm waiting for with it is something from Hulu. I do like Hulu for watching you know, content when I haven't been able to see my favorite shows on some of the major networks, but they've done a good job uh, with, you know, as a start with this, but I don't know. Do you ever watch Hulu? Do you ever access Not it? Not really. I've, I've only looked at it a couple times, but uh, no. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good option for those here in the U.S. Uh, that are familiar with all the major broadcast networks here. So, anyway, that uh, that one is from TV.com. Into some questions uh, and comments here. First one, comment from Peter. He says, "Folks, Sprint is going downhill fast, and I think only the government will buy Nextel into the future." I noticed something interesting in a quote for the 8350i Blackberries. Sprint charges one and a half times the monthly reoccurring charge of Verizon. I had Sprint as my personal carrier on the trio, however. I dumped them after they took three weeks to cash a check. Peter. Uh, next one here is from uh, Lenny, and we're going to in- incorporate these two, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Lenny says, Mick and Joe, it's me again, of course. I heard the latest Cell Phone Junkie podcast wanted to provide the Q4 numbers from Sprint. First off, the uh, on the IDEN side, Q3 served 13.5 million customers, where Q4 served 12.4 million, so that's a 1.1 million subscriber loss. Whereas the CDMA side, Q3 served 35.4 million people, and Q4 served 35.5 million. So actually, 100,000 subscribers were added then. So it's a, it's very apparent with that. Obviously, IDEN is where everyone's losing. On uh, the hybrid side, Q3 served 1.6 million people and Q4, 1.4 million. So 200,000 people left the hybrid CDMA IDEN side. Uh, but clearly, you can see it's an IDEN problem. CDMA's problem uh, with, uh, with adding our soft marketing and not having the wow phone. Example, the, the iPhone, the Storm, uh, the, the Palm Pre, or uh, the G1. Customer service has gotten better now that the plans are streamlined in IDEN and CDMA have been integrated into, uh, to allow any phone on any plan. The problem with customer service is many legacy customers still have legacy plans, be it CDMA or IDEN, and reps are not properly trained on these plans and how they work and don't work. So generally, new customers will have a better customer service experience than legacy customers because of the streamlined plans. Uh, not that it's excuses poor customer service, but just to give you uh, that uh, gradular view of the problem. Joey, I know you have a problem with a rogue rep changing the contracts just because you wanted to upgrade your plan. Please understand this is not Sprint's policy and hasn't been for some time. I would have reported that representative to the executive services uh, department for possible coaching. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great shows. Lenny in New York City. So, Joey, let's talk about this one because, you know, obviously Sprint is uh, is, is a good carrier. I, I, I definitely 
I think they, they've done a good job with many aspects of it. But you know, between the subscribers that they're losing here, mostly on the Iden side, and some of the problems, especially the problems that you've had recently, it's you know it, they, they've got some issues. Yeah, they do. Um, and that's a very good point about the old plans versus new plans. That could be a you know big factor in it. Um, and the, uh, the 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 issue I had with the rep uh, extending the contracts on every phone on the account uh, when it was just a shared plan. I just wanted to change the minutes. Uh, in the big bucket, and they all got updated. And instead of ordering one cell phone, uh, I got three in the mail. Um, it, it's it, you know, I, I, something like that is obviously it was a, a very bad representative, and it it just makes for a bad experience, uh, you know, overall because then I have to spend hours to try to fix the issue. Um, everybody there was was very you know cooperative and, and tried to help me out, um, but it was you know it, it's you shouldn't have to deal with something like that. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, right? I mean, that's it is. the bottom line is that the the customer needs to walk away from the transaction feeling like their their business is the only business that's important to that particular rep and that company at that time. And when you've got problems like, you know, extending contracts without your knowledge, which I understand that is not the the the, the you know, the what the customer service representative is supposed to do, but it happened, you know, and then to send multiple phones. This is not the first time. This happens almost every time to you. This has happened numerous times. This is probably the fourth or fifth time where I've ordered one phone and more than one has has arrived. Yeah. You know, I just thought of something. We didn't mention at the beginning, you have a new phone in your house this week. Yes. Uh, Wife decided to drop the mogul and go for an an updated Sprint Centro that I had uh, one on eBay for a pretty good price for, uh, you know, a non-contract phone. So, uh, so far she's enjoying the phone uh, greatly. Yeah. And let's talk about that just briefly here and then we'll get back to the question about Sprint. But um, the new Centro, I I hadn't seen it. We saw it until this week. We saw it this week. Uh, different keys and a different feel on the phone. Yeah, they've got rid of the uh, glossy, shiny finish uh, for a uh, matte, soft touch on the uh, the rose, the black. Suppose I haven't seen a black one yet, but supposedly the black's being updated as well. And there's the uh, the olive lime color, and uh, the the keys themselves are a lot softer rubber. They're a lot grippier than the the current Centro. Um, the ease the the keys require less pressure. To, to type on so it's actually a little easier to uh, to use and of course then they updated the uh, the memory from 64 to 128 yeah which is a nice addition as well i mean obviously i mean you don't usually have problems though running programs on it though do you nope nope i don't it's okay. just it just helps uh just in general yeah i just basic basic uh you know more memory is always better and, uh, cons- and considering my first palm pilot had a half a megabyte of memory 128 versus a half that's a that's a nice little improvement over the past uh what 10 years or so. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Um, but it was, but you were also mentioning with that, and this kind of ties back into what we're talking about here. Um, it's, it's not the, uh, it's not, it's not everything about sprint. I mean, could you said you had a hard time actually finding some of these new centros online, right? I mean, no one's selling the used ones. I mean, they're just buying them and they're keeping them. Yeah. There was very few uh, on eBay, especially the new, the, the new style centros. Uh, there's only a handful of them. And uh, I just happened to get lucky and get one for uh, a price that was uh, about equivalent to an old style Centro. Yeah. Yeah. Just very good, I guess, for, you know, the, you know, good news for the device itself. People are actually enjoying it. Uh, So looking back at it, Sprint is, you know, this is going to continue on for some while. And I'll tell you why, because as we move on technologically, people are able to get them, you know, themselves 3G devices and are using data more and more. And the IDEN side is, is, basically relegated down to the only advantage that it has over anything else is the fact that it can do very, very good push to talk. But why else would you buy one? 
I can't think of a reason. No. No, there, there's no, there's, there's no good reason, no compelling reason for anyone to get one. So that's going to continue on. Iden's going to continue to lose customers, and I would say we'll see. And probably, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be very, uh, uh, very aggressive with this and say they're going to be under 10 million Iden subscribers by the end of 2009. Well, I wouldn't be surprised because you know with the the prevalence of data, they're going to be less and I mean people can be jumping off the Iden boat, uh, you know, just faster yet because if you can't do you know the push email which you can't really because it keeps an active data connection open open i mean yeah blackberry's probably makes the most sense but it's it's just not it's not modern and their coverage they've really i think really v- uh, not kept pace with improving the iden coverage like they have with you know the regular cdma with sprint or verizon or every other carrier for that matter so i think there's a, a lot of negative um, in the IDEN side of things. And then also we've got competition from the EVDO Rev-A push-to-talk services. There's two of them, I think. Uh, Verizon uses a different one than Sprint, but they both use EVDO Rev-A. So it's, it's probably, you know, basically kind of a voice-over IP style uh, push-to-talk, which, um, will, which will start cutting into uh, IDEN side, like the phone you uh, listed off earlier, Mickey. Yeah, and, and you know, when you look at the actual... Uh, you know the, the the handsets. I mean, the eighty three fifty BlackBerry that curve that they just. I mean, that's they just got that. That's been on AT and T for you know close to two years now. So you know you, you've got you've got some devices that are that are that are slower and not as updated. And there's just there's so much less reason to go switch over. Yeah, and the Windows Mobile phone they have is still the one from oh. four or five years ago. I th- almost it's still running Windows Mobile two thousand three second edition. Yep. Yeah, and you can only just do a, a timed. Uh, email pull every whatever you know ten Terrible. twenty minutes you can set it so uh, it, it it's just it's not relevant no it, it, not a real big yeah there's not a real compelling reason to switch over to Nextel or stay with them even if it is uh, for for particular reasons but people are finding more and more that da- the data side is certainly helpful and uh, so we'll continue to see that so anyway to both Peter and Lenny thank you very much um, and just finally uh, following up on Peter's thing though he's talking about Sprint charging one and a half times the monthly reoccurring charge that Verizon charges that you know just another reason people aren't going to want to be on that uh, 8350 Nextel device more expensive uh, services are more expensive there too so anyway uh, question here from Mac he says so I want a new smartphone I'm on the AT&T network and I think I want the HTC Fuse or an unlocked Nokia 5800 or I may try the Blackberry Bold I've had a few Windows mobile phones before so I'm familiar with that OS I've never tried a Blackberry or an S60 device so I have no clue what I would be getting into my main use of the phone is media consumption, whether it be text, music, pictures, or web videos. Browsing the web, I want to try the 5800, but I'm unsure of a few things. Can Silverlight be loaded onto the device? How can I stream radio? The iPhone had Pandora, Last.fm, and Slacker. And how easy or hard would it be to get the AT&T settings for MMS, WAP, and voicemail? Does the Fuse suffer from the lag like all Windows mobile devices or have things changed? I think I want another touch phone, so it would, would the 58 be better than the Fuse? All right, lots of questions in there. Uh, let's kind of start at the top. You're talking about media consumption, and uh, each of these devices is certainly got uh, the ability to consume media various different ways. If you take a look at Windows Mobile, you can do so with the built-in Windows Media Player, or you can go and get a service uh, or a, a free program or even a paid program that allows you to consume media. Uh, a good one that just comes to the top of my head because I was talking about it earlier today is Kenoma, and Kenoma does a good job of, uh, of media consumption. 
on the North American version of the 5800. We talked about it earlier. You're going to have to wait a little bit for this one, but uh, this could be a good option for you as well if you're interested in trying out Symbian. Symbian is obviously one of the most prevalent or the most prevalent smartphone operating system across the world, but it's not as popular here in the U.S. So, um, But lots of support for different things such as uh, a, a music streaming service that you can go and you can down uh, have access to all sorts of various um, uh, streaming stations online where you can stream music or audio or, or uh, you know radio stations or whatever. They've got plenty of support for that. Uh, on the actual media consumption side, you know, with that these particular devices, Nokia is known for having all sorts of uh, of options for you know playback on the devices, whether it's built on storage or expandable storage or what have you. Nokia uh, has definitely got some options, so you'd be fine with that. Um, and then, of course, the BlackBerry Bold. You throw in a micro SD card, and you use the built-in media player uh, to do that. There are some options for streaming with BlackBerry, but far fewer. Um, you know, looking though for a touchscreen device, and you're going with the 5800 or the Fuse. Um, does the Fuse suffer the lag like all other Windows Mobile devices? Yes, it does. Um, it's definitely improved. They've got a good amount of memory into it now, um, but it also it depends on how you use the phone. If you use it with TouchFlow 3D, you're going to see a little bit more lag than you do with just the, the standard you know, today's screen and flipping through applications like you would on, on a, uh, any non-HTC device that doesn't have the TouchFlow 3D. So you are, but you are going to see a little bit of it. If you've used Windows Mobile in the past, you know what to expect you're still going to see it. I'll just put it that way. It's, it, it's not going to go away yet. That's part of the operating system. Uh, so, uh, so there you go. But, uh, you know, is it easier or hard to get the settings onto them? If you get a fuse, obviously, that, the, the fuse itself is the ATT, AT&T name of the Touch Pro. If, you, if you're getting an unlocked Touch Pro, um, yes, HTC does a good job. You, you pop in your SIM card, and it configures your device automatically. So no problems there. You'll be just fine uh, with that as far as, um, you know, doing all your settings. But uh, Silverlight, I, I don't know about that, Joey. Um, I couldn't tell you. Any thoughts? No, probably not, at least not yet. Yeah, not yet. There's, you know, that, that's a, a t- technology basically for the, uh, you know, the browser. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you on that, but I would say probably not. Um, what you can do, though, especially if you choose Windows Mobile as your OS, you can download different browsers that will allow you to have access uh, to the... Um, uh, to the the real web, if you will. So if you take a look at like uh, Star uh, Skyfire, excuse me, Skyfire allows for great access and uh, you know to different media and video and audio content, that kind of thing. So well, and I just found a story here that it looks like uh, back in March of '08 that there was a promise that Nokia was going to have Silverlight um, for their phones. So I guess you have to kind of do a little more research here than uh, what I've can do at this uh, quick moment yeah but it's it seems like for the most part it, it's not there um not yet at least so anyway but uh hopefully that kind of answers your questions if you if you kind of if you can pare it down a little bit more on the actual features that um you know hopefully that gave you an overview of the questions you had but if you've got any more please let us know and my opinion is yeah you can probably do more with the windows mobile but uh, it, it may be uh, more difficult to do those things. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, out of those three, I, you, know, you have to ask yourself the question about what's your actual usage going to be of the device. If it is strictly media, I wouldn't choose the Bold. The Bold is great for text entry, uh, email, text messaging, that kind of thing. Uh, that's what it, 
it uh, that's its best feature or its best features. And, you know, it does do media, but not quite as good as the other. So keep that in mind. I don't want to see anyone try and, you know, adapt their lifestyle to a device that may not be uh, the best one suited for them. So, but that's all we have for today, Joey. It's, uh, like I said, the Mobile World Congress hangover this week, a little bit slow, a little bit, uh, you know, not quite as much as we've had the last couple of weeks. It's been exciting. Just a reminder to everybody, we will be at CTIA coming up in early April, the first through the third, Joey and I will be up in Las Vegas and we'll be reporting from the show floor with all sorts of different content. We'll do some podcasts up there that, as well. We've got some exciting things coming up over the next few weeks as well as far as stuff that's happening at the Cell Phone Junkie. So make sure you you know stay with us and listen to every single show. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by calling 206 206- 203-3734. You can leave us a voicemail there. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way to get your voice heard on the show. We play uh, just about every voicemail that we get. So please give us a call. Uh, number again, 206-203-3734. Or if you'd like to send us an email, you can do so to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com. Uh, that address as well is, uh, of course, available if you want to record a question in an MP3 format and send it over to us that way. If you'd rather not make the call, you can record it on your computer and email it. It uh, works just as well. And uh, Joey and I have uh, been using Twitter quite a bit as well recently. You can find me at twitter.com slash tcpj underscore Mickey and... Joe at tcpj underscore Joey. Yes. So tcpj underscore Mickey or Joey will get you to us. And uh, you follow us, we'll follow you back. And we can interact with you, ask us questions, talk to us about things that are going on, or just follow the goings-on of thecellphonejunkie.com. So, Joey, as always, great to have you here with me uh, in the studio here down in Phoenix. We're going to actually go enjoy the rest of our sunny Phoenix day here, March 1st, 80-plus degrees. So thanks very much, as always. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.